Micro Megas My name is Les Craig, and I'm a partner at Next Frontier Capital in Bozeman, Montana. Next Frontier is Montana's first true venture capital firm, helping to provide startup resources for high-growth companies in the state and wider region. Les has a lot of experience to draw upon in his capacity as a partner, from his time as an entrepreneur, a government employee, and even a military veteran. I, both my partners, uh, Will Price and Richard Hargis, I've known them uh, really since the, the day I stepped foot in, in town. Uh, Will was actually on the uh, search committee for the job that brought me here, which was uh, the director of the Blackstone Launchpad at Montana State University. So uh, I ran that program for about three years and uh, also was involved in the uh, Innovation Campus uh, project at, at Montana State. So. When the Innovation Campus project wound up in the fall of 2017, I decided to move to Next Frontier Capital, where I've been ever since. So it was Venture capital is a term that gets tossed around a lot. I asked Les to clarify just what this sort of financing is and what sets it apart from other types of business investment. First of all, venture capital is, is equity-based financing, so that's an important differentiator. Um, so it's, 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 it's essentially private equity. What, what makes it different from more traditional sources of, of private equity or growth, growth stage capital is that venture typically refers to very early based funding. And so the idea is with, with VC, you know, we're, we're typically working with companies that um, are in, in some cases, you know, uh, just beginning to show early signs of market traction and revenue. Um, in, in other cases, uh, you know, even up to companies that have uh, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in recurring revenue. So it's, it's, sort, of a, it's sort of a phase in a company's life, I think, that's, that's just related to that company's growth and also their aspirations. So typical you know, alternative sources of financing, whether it's a bank loan or an angel investment or, some, or something else, you know, typically there's different expectations from the investors. Uh, with debt financing, you know, typically there's some sort of uh, uh, asset to secure the, the debt. Um, in our case, there, is, there usually isn't one. Yeah, so am I getting this right? Debt financing, that's going to be more where you see things like collateral and equity financing. That's where you're going to be seeing people having a stake in the company. Exactly. So we're, we're essentially uh, owning a piece of the company. And in, in addition to that, we are also typically taking an active role in the company as well. You know, if you get a bank loan, the bank doesn't suddenly join your board and help you, you know, with the strategy and the growth of the company or hiring. They, banks won't do that, right? So with, with an equity investment, we're, we're typically getting, we're taking a very involved role in the company, um, especially given how early stage these companies are. And there the are three sectors thing, uh, where Les sees Montana excelling. He calls these clusters of excellence based on the terminology of Brad Feld, an author and venture capitalist. As you might imagine, these are areas where Next Frontier is excited to invest. Kind of your, your cluster of excellence. And so one of the things that I think is unique about Montana is we actually have uh, some, some strong clusters here that are, that are really exciting. Uh, and, the, and the first is really uh, is SaaS, is, is software as a service. 
uh, I think you know there were there were certainly pioneers and visionaries that started SaaS companies here before there was no such thing. You know, I look at you know what Greg Gianforte did with Right Now Technologies and uh, and just the amazing ecosystem that 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 firm created through the Oracle acquisition. Now we have we have a few portfolio companies that were founded by uh, folks that were spinouts of you know post acquisition. You know, folks that cut their teeth, learned how to build a tech company at, at Right Now and 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 right now, <laughs> they're founders of uh, of tech startups with really high growth potential in this in this com- in this uh, in this state. So that's the first real cluster. Um, there's there's great experience and great talent in, in SaaS. You know, the second is 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 really Photonics, the Photonics Optics space, the the cluster that's here uh, in Bozeman. And you know, the greatest example of a really exciting portfolio company that, that is in that space is Blackmore Sensors and Analytics. You know, are, are arguably um, you, you know, one of the most cutting-edge uh, technology platforms that ha- is as an enabler for autonomous driving vehicles. And I would say the third is there's there's really quite a presence in terms of of, of biotech and sort of life sciences uh, type technology. You know, MSU has some great programs. You see companies like Site One Therapeutics, one of our portfolio companies, a non-opioid pain alternative. Uh, that that really, you know, that, that technology came out of Stanford University, but it's really the whole commercialization effort has been really centered around the lab here in Bozeman uh, that's affiliated with Montana State. And uh, so I think when you get, when you have research science, senior research scientists and great academic potential, so you get, you get these really smart people that have tremendous and depth of subject matter expertise. And those are ecosystems, those are breeding grounds for really high growth potential companies, ideas, and, and momentum. So uh, I would say that's, we're interested in, in, in looking at a wide variety of technologies, uh, especially Montana-based technologies. So, uh, you know, in terms of what do we look for to your question or what, who do we work with, I always try to emphasize the point that it's never too early to begin a relationship. Um, I like to meet founders at, you know, kind of at the idea stage we certainly don't invest in, you know, the early stage. You know, hey, I've got a PowerPoint deck and an idea and a, uh, two employees and a dog, and we're working out of my parents' garage. Like, we don't invest that early, but we love to meet founders that are that stage. And as we kind of go through the arc of a or the trajectory of a company, you know, when a when a company finally has a prototype, we absolutely want to meet them. We absolutely want to start having conversations. When they start to have their initial pilots, I hope we already know the company. I hope we already have. Uh, you know, six months or a year with the founder at that point, because ultimately the business that we're in as investors is it's it's not so much we we just write checks. We're really vested in, in the relationships, relationships with founders. And, and to date, uh, so Next Frontier has worked really with twenty like companies, people, fourteen of uh, which are based in Montana, either in Bozeman or Missoula. They also work with companies in Colorado, and have begun branching out into Salt Lake City. Regarding those fourteen companies in Montana. I asked less if they were staying put in the state, or whether once they have capital and are growing, they decide to leave and establish themselves in traditional tech centers. One thing that's, that's exciting to me is I feel like the more that we invest in Montana-based companies and the more that those investments turn into jobs, turn into successful companies, the more that we validate that Montana is a place that you can build a successful company. And on the acquisition side, so you got to ask yourself, why would a company uproot? Why would they leave? Well, typically, I think there's two reasons. One, 
and I've seen this before. I actually have seen this in Baltimore. I've seen this happen. Uh, one is they move because they're, they're so early stage. They can't locally source funding from any, any investor of any type, whether it's an angel, whether it's a VC, it doesn't matter. They, so they can't source the funding. And then all of a sudden they get an investor like in Los Angeles or in the Bay Area or you, you name it. It could be anywhere. Boulder. And the investor, guess what the investor says? Hey, it's just, you know, you've got three employees and a couple laptops and none of you are married. Why don't you just go ahead and move the company Boulder and we'll invest? And guess what those companies do? They uproot. They move. And granted, it's only three people. You can say, oh, you're not losing a lot of jobs. Who knows if they're even going to be successful anyway. But guess what? The, the worst thing that you could possibly have exported, you exported, and it's talent. It's intellectual capital. Because I guarantee those three people, maybe this wasn't the successful company. They're going to do it. They're going to figure it out, though. Someday they're going to be part of the ecosystem. And so one of the things that access to capital does, I, I hope and I think, and you know, I think the data needs to prove this out, but this is, a, this is more of a hypothesis. Access to capital means you can stay means you can build. It means you don't need to go somewhere else to raise. And so I think that hopes helps plant earlier stage companies down. With regards to later stage companies, it's really a function of M&A. So if a company in the Bay Area or a company in New York acquired a Montana-based company that had 12 employees, 50 employees, I mean, you, you pick a number, 100 employees, would, would they require that the company pull up roots and move? Well, this, this has happened, actually. You, this, is, this has happened before. In fact, GlaxoSmithKline. This happened in, in Hamilton, Montana. And the company didn't move. They ended up staying. And so I think the challenge of uprooting Montanans is, is hard because we love this lifestyle. That's why we're here. But, but second of all, I think if, once the company reaches a critical size, it becomes a satellite office. And so part of the other, part of the other benefit of being a venture capitalist on the ground in Montana is we can help syndicate follow-on deals. We can help find co-investors and find much larger investors than we are to lead these follow-on rounds, which means you're enabling the company to grow bigger and bigger and bigger here on the ground such that you get to a critical mass point and it's so much of a headache to try to uproot that company, it's probably going to end up staying here. It may change the logo. I mean, look what happened uh, right now. Right? Right now it didn't get uprooted. It became the Oracle campus in Bozeman. So I think my hope is that we don't export. I think it's been one of Montana's, I think, great challenges is how do we maintain the tremendous intellectual capital that we have here and the, the brilliant people that, that you know, graduate from the University of Montana and MSU that end up you know, moving to Seattle to find jobs. Like, let's keep them here and let's capitalize on our ability to keep, keep them here. That's a fascinating take on the subject. <laughs> well, at this point, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening is interested in Next Frontier, and maybe some of them have even founded their own business, and they're sort of in the process of looking for funding. So how might someone go about the process of starting that? You already mentioned a little bit about how important it is to build up a relationship in the first place. Absolutely. You know, it's never too early to reach out to us via our website. We have a, um, we have a portal where you can submit a pitch deck, actually through one of our portfolio companies' software. Uh, it's called Submittable. Um, so if you click on Submit a Pitch Deck on our website, you will, you'll see the link to that, uh, that submission. And that's a great touch point. You know, I also, I also all, of our, all of our email addresses are on the website. Contact us. I'm amazed at how many people ask me for my 
email address and it's right there on it's right there on the website people don't realize but i mean we also just love getting to know folks you know whether it's lunch coffee i'd much rather eat lunch with uh, with a stranger than by myself in my office so always always excited to meet new people and get those relationships going my last question for Les was whether it ever feels like Next Frontier is the face of venture capital in Montana. You know, we're, we're not always going to be uh, the, the right fit for every early stage Montana company. But I think part of what we, where we try to be thought leaders is we try to be more, more educators and partners with folks to help them understand what is right for them. Are we a good fit? Is there alternative, you know, are one of these alternative vehicles a better source of capital? So... In terms of the face, I, I wouldn't say I think I think of Next Frontier Capital as the face of VC in Montana so much as I think of us as hopefully the thought leaders for early stage entrepreneurs and folks that are seeking to raise venture capital. And and regionally, I think what we're trying to do with with that in that leadership role is also start to kind of shout on our megaphone to the rest of this region that Montana is kind of leveling up to some of our neighbors in Idaho. And, you know, we got a long way to catch Utah and Colorado, but in, in, in 2017, PitchBook reported $83 million of, of uh, venture capital invested in Montana, in the state of Montana. Historically, our averages were about five to 10 million. So we're in a, we're in a new league. And I think that's where we want to try to continue to be leaders and be the face of, you know, shouting out to the rest of the Rocky Mountains that, you know, we're here and we're players. Uh, to date, in fact, uh, we've invested 132 million. In uh, I'm sorry, we we have not invested. We have syndicated deals with partners that have, in total, including our contributions, invested 132 million in Montana-based companies, and it, at a really exciting ratio as well. So for every dollar we've invested in a Montana-based company, we've seen seven dollars and 19 cents of capital from outside the state come in. So I think. In terms of being a boots-on-the-ground presence, that's been extremely beneficial to our ecosystem as, as being kind of the, the, the guide-on-bearers for, you know, for, for attracting venture capital to the state. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. It seems like once things start rolling, they just keep on rolling. That's what we hope. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, why we, that's why we get out of bed every day. Well, thank you so much for staying down with me today, Les. If someone wants to learn more about Next Frontier, how can they do that? Absolutely. You can uh, go to our website www.nextfrontier.com and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at NextFrontierCap. Before I wrapped up, I had a chance to ask Liam Cleary about his experience interning with Next Frontier. My name is Liam Cleary. I'm uh, 22 years old. I grew up in the Boston area. Um, I'm currently taking a year off from school to get some real work experience before uh, heading back and finishing up my degree. So I've got, I've had family in Montana for the last 24, 25 years, and uh, we've come up to visit a couple times, but I haven't spent any real meaningful time here. But when I told my uncle that I was looking to take a year off and get some work, and I asked um, if there was anyone he knew that might be interested in having an intern, having, you know, just an extra pair of hands around the office, anything really, he put me in contact with Will, who's the founding partner at the firm, Got the offer to come out here for six months, and so I'm sort of doing an internship associates type thing and working on various projects for the guys. I'll put you on the spot here. What So far, you haven't been here too long, but what do you feel is the most valuable part of your experience? Well, the most valuable part of the experience is that it's such a small I mean, it's three, three partners and me. Um, and so by virtue of the size of the company, I've been 
able to take part in so many things that I feel like at a larger company I wouldn't have the chance to do. Like all these um, intro calls, um, reference calls, I've been at meetings with owners and I've gotten to meet some of the owners of the portfolio companies and it's just been awesome to experience that. Coming into this, I didn't have any finance experience. And so being able to read through investment memos, read through, um, uh, actually was spared the uh, term sheets by less. But to sort of understand the, way, the, the ways in which these guys invest and evaluate companies and the reasons why they value certain things the way they do, it's given me a ton of insight and helped me develop a, a lot professionally to understand how this whole industry works. I would like to thank the city of Bozeman, particularly the Public Library and Office of Economic Development, for giving me the opportunity to create this podcast. Additional thanks to Montana Campus Compact and to Gallatin Valley Community Radio for broadcasting the show. Tune your radios to KGVM 95.9 and give them a listen. Original music was provided by the benevolent Jeffrey Lackman, a friend. Feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear how you think we can make this better. Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're an entrepreneur in the city of Bozeman, or you know an entrepreneur in these parts, let me know. Maybe your story can be the next retail. I can be contacted by email at vista at bozeman.net. That's V-I-S-T-A at bozeman.net.